Hello and welcome to the 6th annual Criterion Month Draft. The most exciting part of Criterion Month where we will pick the movies that we'll be reviewing in written form on the blog mildlyplease.com. As always, the draft is between the three important teams on that blog. Sean Lemmy. Johnny. And Colin Westman. And this year the stakes have never been higher because the collection has never been smaller. Of course, that's that's kind of true every year because we, uh, you know, we keep picking thirty movies and then I don't know. Oh, I guess they keep adding movies, so maybe it's always roughly the same size. Uh, I bet they add a little more than thirty every year. There's usually like four a month. So all right, so that would be forty-eight. So that would be eighteen extra movies. But if there's like a box set in there, oof. Oof, I say. (laughs) Um, Guys, we do this thing on our blog where we uh, draft our movies so that no one ends up reviewing a movie that someone else wants to review. Um, And then we write all the reviews. Did you have any strategy to your... Uh, approach this year. Is there any any themes that people need to know about? So usually I follow some sort of theme. Yeah. Uh, and have some rules in place. That's true. Uh, I would say that is usually but, the case. But the theme for this year is no more rules. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> I just picked the ones I wanted to see. Not worried about uh, what decade they came out with. If I'll have to accidentally review like three, four movies in a row just because of the time period I picked. <sighs> Sometimes you just got to yeah, get yeah, some yeah, ones yeah. off your list that are like, I just want to see this. And it never fits my theme. So maybe I should just ditch the theme this year so I can finally get some of these in. Unless somebody else drafts them. Yeah. So this year, John hit themes in the face with a shovel and buried it in a shallow grave what about you colin um well i usually don't really do a theme i I usually stick to my strategy of just having variety in terms of uh the decades and the countries i uh pick movies from but i i didn't do that latter part as well this year because i got i mean just of the picks i have is four American movies uh, which is always a struggle to like not do a bunch of American movies I even thought at one point I was like maybe I should just pick my theme of only American Criterion movies but that <laughs> just doesn't really seem like the the spirit of Criterion Month it's, it should be about expanding our our cinema horizons not uh, not not keeping things here in the battled us of a yeah yeah uh, if there's one thing i know it's that uh the usa and france are going to be well represented by our picks uh yes probably what about you sean uh yes my theme um is that i made sure everything on my list has a spine number again because i don't want to repeat the mistake that no one actually gave me a hard time about 
of that one year where I picked a bunch of movies that were just on the Criterion channel and weren't actually in the Criterion collection yet at the time. Mm. So I've, I've got spine number. I have come with receipts once again this, this week. Slash yeah, year. I think that maybe there's also a few that are in box sets that don't have spine numbers. I'm not. Oh, I count those. I count those hoard. Yeah, there are, I mean, there are a few that are, like, in-box sets and are independently in the collection, um, so okay. they have spine numbers that way, and then there are a few that are just in-box sets and otherwise not available, and I just wrote down the box sets um, spine number. For example, there's that Godzilla collection that is spine number 1,000. Those are all 1,000, otherwise not in the collection. Yeah. I would count those, though. All eligible for me. Although, spoiler alert, I'm not reviewing any more Godzilla movies this year, unless things go bad, and you guys pick all the ones that I have on my list. <laughs> so you have to pick them. I hope your backups are just all Godzilla. There's a lot of Godzilla on my backup list. <laughs> um, okay, well then, I don't think we need to beat around the bush. Um, if you listen to the last episode of the most recent season of uh, the pick, you'll know that Colin has won the right to uh, the first pick uh, and then I have the second so our order will be uh, Colin, Sean, John we'll do that ten times, then the podcast will be over so, let's get started Colin what is the first pick of the sixth annual Criterion Month Draft okay so, earlier this year we lost one of uh, one of cinema's great leading mans. Men. Mans. <laughs> what, am I, what am I doing? We're off to a good start. Uh, yeah, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> so we lost Sidney Poitier earlier this year, and I uh, watched a, a, a few of his movies when he died yeah, and revisited some other ones that I'd already seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was saving one for Criterion Month. Because it's in the Criterion Channel or in the Criterion Collection, and I don't think it was on the Criterion Channel when he died, but I think it's back. Either way, I'm gonna find a way to watch it. It's a Raisin in the Sun, which is a movie based off of a pretty famous play, which I weirdly have this memory of P. Diddy starring in a stage production at one Ooh. point. Good, good for him, I guess. Um, but I believe Sidney Poitier was in the original stage adaptation and then is in this movie. Uh, it's also got Ruby D in it. Oh, Oscar nice. nominated for American Gangster like 50 years later. Uh, and is the film debut of Louis Gossett Jr. Wow. From Enemy Mine. Uh, <laughs> yes, of course. He's a uh, pregnant alien. <laughs> yep. So, uh, you know, it's an adaptation of a pretty, pretty famous work of uh, African-American theater. Uh, looks like the movie's directed by a white guy, but oh well. It's 1961. What do you expect? Uh, so, yeah, that's my first pick. Sounds delicious. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to eat some raisins while watching it. 
You should. I'd love to hear that integrated into your review. Um, so Colin's first pick is spine number 945. My first pick, not that far off from it, spine number 978. Uh, it is a movie that is available in a box set, uh, and it's called One Sings, The Other Doesn't. It is an Agnes Varda film from... 1977, the year that Star Wars came out, about uh, two uh, young girls who become friends and then uh, get into a uh, a bit of trouble and uh, I believe uh, some sort of uh, abortion happens and then I think most of the movie is set uh, ten years later when they reconnect. Uh, and it shows the uh, the differences in the the lives that these two uh, women have led. I don't recognize the names of the actresses. Uh, it's Valerie uh, Mares and Therese Le- Leotard. That's a fun last name. Um, uh, but yeah, I feel like we always got to get a, a Varda up in there. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to be the one this year, so I wanted to spring on it early. Um, and I'm not ready to watch um, The Gleaners and I yet, so <laughs> this is like a good good one to go with. Uh, unfortunately topical, uh, but what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? That's what I'm asking tell you what I'm going to do. Make my first draft pick. Here we go. I'd like to dedicate my first pick to Chet Hanks. Whoa. Because it's the worst person in the world. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) A a recent edition must be, if it's even out yet, it might still be on its way, Mm. like later this month. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... One of the few uh, movies that got Oscar nominations that I missed during Oscar season. Uh, but, you know, everybody's like, you gotta see it. Colin, you saw it, right? Yep. Saw it in theaters. Risked my life. You risked your life. <laughs> the peak of Omicron. Was it, uh, was it good? It was great. I love this movie. It's really, really playful and relatable and... Uh, Got a good soundtrack too. There's Ooh. an Art Garfunkel cover of like a Brazilian bossa nova song that plays in the end credits that I was listening to constantly after I saw this movie. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, quite good. Yeah, nor-, nor Norwegian. Yeah, I should probably see the director's other movies because this is supposed to be like part of a. A trilogy of movies taking place in Oslo. But, uh, oh. but those aren't in the Criterion Collection. Yeah. <laughs> That's his fault. Yeah, Not mine. Pretty sure. Uh, anyway, congratulations, Sean, for picking our first Norwegian film in the history of us doing this. Whoa. <laughs> really? Yeah. Are you keeping a tally of this stuff? I am. Yeah, you came up came up with that pretty fast. Yeah. 
Hmm. I'm trying to think of another Norwegian movie that they they should put in Troll Hunter. Right? That's a yeah. good movie. Let's get troll. Let's get troll hunter in the criterion collection. <laughs> then it became a uh, a show, didn't it? Uh, if it is, I've never heard of it. <laughs> I mean, you're probably right. There's a lot of shows that nobody even knows Actually, exist right now. That sounds familiar. Yeah, you're probably right on that. I think they're gonna make another movie or something. So, it's a franchise. Uh, yeah, so keep an eye on that. Maybe it'll show pop up. Yeah. Criterion Collection. Very likely, John has just picked the very last review, the July 30th review. It'll be exciting to see if anyone can get into the year 2021. But, uh, <laughs> no, if it's possible. By the way, is, it, does anyone, is anyone planning on doing an 11th film so we can do a post every day of July this year? Hmm. I hadn't no, planned on it. I don't it. think so. <laughs> All right. That's fine. We'll see. Maybe. Yeah, um, maybe it'll be something that fits. Yeah, maybe something will really make sense since we're done here. Colin, what you got, man? Number two. Number two. Uh, man, I don't know what to expect from this movie, but, you know, I like to pick a weird sci-fi movie. <laughs> every year so I'm going with Fantastic Planet it's another French movie <laughs> score another one for the French I don't really know what it's about it's about like giant blue people on another planet I guess oh that movie I was going to pick this and then I forgot to put it on my list <laughs> so I'm not good. Yeah, I, I didn't have it ready <laughs> it's a great coincidence Ooh, seven gonna, minutes. Yeah, Hello. that's why. That's actually a huge part of why I was gonna pick it. <laughs> that's always <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's about big blue I, people. I love picks where you like, you want to pick it because you want to know why it's in the collection, and you hope by watching it you'll get like, oh, okay. Just because it seems so weird, but I guess that's probably reason enough that it's in the collection. Yeah, because like it's not many animated films, no. so it must be doing something interesting. Yeah, These people are really creepy other. looking. Yeah, all the uh, stills from this movie look like they'd be very difficult to animate. So I wonder, <laughs> yeah, how this looks in motion. I don't know how it's gonna go. But uh, uh, there's some Judgy Ito shit. Some of these <laughs> frames, they're fucking scary. I'm scared. I was just looking to see if uh, Watership Down was in the Criterion Collection. I guess it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Trying to think of other animated movies in the. They collection. don't. They don't like having these tunes in the Criterion Collection. <laughs> I think Eddie kids. Valiant is behind the Criterion Collection. From Who Framed Roger Rabbit because he hates tunes. It's a interesting theory. <laughs> <laughs> He's Mr. Criterion. Mr. Criterion. Oh shit! I just thought about another movie that I should have picked. Fuck! I guess there's still time. <laughs> there is still time. Yeah. You've mm. only picked one movie so <laughs> only far. Only picked one movie. <laughs> oh uh, man. Okay, I might. 
Well, yeah. while you're thinking about that, think about this. My next pick is a movie that was Whoa. recently turned into a mini-series. Does anyone know where I'm going with that? Wait, I, can you start I, over? I, I, I can guess, I, <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. What, what did you say? <laughs> he didn't say that much. <laughs> said like one sentence. So that's why I didn't think it'd be that hard for him to say it again. Okay. Let's you repeat yourself, Sean. It's a movie that has recently been turned into a mini-series. Oh, God. It'd take you forever to figure it out. No, I need more clues. I gotta uh, guess. Oh, an call HBO miniseries. Yeah, it's at Irma Vep. Irma Vep! Oh, yeah. shit. You guys, are these are good picks. These are all movies that I was I forgot to pick. Irma Vep, which of course is an anagram for vampire, is a nineteen ninety six movie directed by Olivier Assez, uh also a French film. Uh yeah. and it stars uh Criterion Month champion Maggie Chung, uh the uh the girlfriend from the police story movies who went on to make uh In the Mood for Love. Uh he, here she is, uh Doing it again, uh, being awesome, I'm sure, uh, in a, I guess, sort of a mockumentary-style movie about her uh, starring in a film within the film uh, about vampires while she uh, realizes there's some shit going on as she's, as she's making this movie. Well, isn't it that they're making, like, a remake of Less Vampires? The That's correct. Movie? The yeah. silent movie. Or, uh, as the way you say it, Les Vampires, like a gross uh, Hollywood like a, executive. Like a, like a fucking idiot, yeah. Uh, I thought it was like, you know what we need is Les Vampires. Les Vampires. <laughs> it's like an angry guy at a town hall meeting. <laughs> damn vampires. Uh, I almost watched this like a couple weeks ago. Because <laughs> uh, they mentioned it on the Screen Drafts podcast that I listened to. Ooh, another <laughs> movie draft. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've been doing. I feel like we've been doing ours before that podcast started. So, <laughs> just saying. We just never really committed to the format. Well, theirs is way better too. Like they have like rules, and it's like well, and they they probably only draft movies they've seen. As opposed to us, exclusive movies <laughs> we haven't seen. <laughs> yeah, it's all about building lists. I think that I think Irma Vep, that must have been part of their. Is that a '97 movie? A 1996, but yeah. late '96, so maybe it's '97 when it came out here. They did like a 1997 mega draft where they picked like their favorite '97 movies, and I think that was on the list. So I think that's why I was. But yeah, it says here '96, but I think '97 in the the states. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, they're uh, doing that new show, so clearly, yeah, there's some some there. They've replaced Maggie Chung with Alicia Vikander. I like her. She's the Tomb Raider. She's also that mean robot. Oh yeah. That's what that movie was called, right? The Mean Robot. Yeah, JSX <laughs> Mean Robot. <laughs> <laughs> uh well yeah i'm excited i hope we get more vampires 
with this with this movie, with this your view. I'm not sure what I'm trying to say, but I'm just excited. <laughs> yeah. Bring it back we to know. the vampire. We love vampires. Call on this uh wait, who's next? Me? It's you, Johnny boy. Oh shit, you, I'm next. I was but gonna what are you gonna ask me? I was gonna ask you if your movie had more or less vampires than that movie. So I'll ask myself, and I don't know the answer. Okay. I'm going to say less, but I can't say that with any kind of confidence. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to open my number two pick with a quote that I thought is funny, and it's, Nobody owns life, but anyone who can pick up a frying pan owns death. <gasps> now, I don't know about you guys, but anyone who come up with something that badass must be worth paying some attention to. And that's William S. Burroughs, author of the book Naked Lunch, which is turned into the 91 movie of the same name by David Cronenberg. Wow. Take any opportunity to do another Cronenberg (laughs) on this website. I was was looking through the, you know, all the Criterion movies making my picks, and I was like, I'm surprised we haven't done Naked Lunch yet. I feel like I watched part of it when I was like 16 and I was like it was I didn't really know what it was and it was too much because it's a very (laughs) kind of trippy movie there's like a lot of drug use and like weird looking alien people and like a sexual typewriter (laughs) scene uh but uh, I think I'm ready now. I think I've seen enough Cronenberg to where I can probably handle it this time. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I think it's kind of a detective story. Peter Weller. You got Roy Scheider, Ian Holm, some steady hands. In what I assume is a mess of a movie. I don't. I don't actually know if people like this movie. <laughs> Uh, like, is this a movie that got good reviews? It seemed it got, it's got sixty nine percent. Nice, nice, that's so perfect for Cronenberg too, right? Uh, yeah. Um, my question is, how do you plan on watching this movie? I uh, I never look up how I'm gonna watch them first. <laughs> okay, uh, good luck with this one. I've only ever failed to watch a pick. Uh, once, and you know what's so funny? That was that was Ratcatcher, uh, and then they like reissued it. Um, I will tell you, I considered Naked Lunch, but it is not uh, anywhere I could find. Oh, uh, I bet it's on like YouTube or Daily Motion, somewhere in like really bad quality. Um, <laughs> I I think you can buy it. You can buy the the Blu-ray. Uh, but I don't know about getting a stream. I'm I'm looking it up. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll figure it out. How did you look that up so fast? Because you were considering it. Yeah, this was on my my list, but I uh, put it down in my section of uh, out of print slash not on streaming. <laughs> Although it's not out of print. You can buy the Blu-ray. Or the DVD. Buy the Blu-ray. I'm going to fucking buy... Maybe I can get it at the library. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> could go to Scarecrow Video. Oh! I guess it's not that far from where you live now. 
It's not. Yeah, let's dox John on the podcast. <laughs> Come at me. I mean, I'll home alone that. my house. Yeah. <laughs> it's always an occur and some sort of state of home alone readiness. Okay, so be be aware of that. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do Scarecrower or something. Unless I get lazy, and then I'll just sub it out for something else later. Yeah. And no we're words. back to Colin. Uh, yeah. So my next one is a movie where um, I get to do my both my obligatory Japanese and British movie in one <laughs> a twofer. It's uh, That's an interesting twofer. Yeah, it's uh, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. Uh, oh, yeah. She's like, I always p- want to pick this, but I hate watching a Christmas movie in July. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure how Christmassy it is, but I think <laughs> Probably I'm sure not some, of, some of it takes place on Christmas. Uh, it's like a POW uh... movie. David Bowie movie. It's right? got David Bowie in it. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of been waiting for you to pick this movie, Sean, but the years have gone by and you just haven't jumped on it, so I'm going to watch it. Is it on the list of the greatest movies of all time? I don't think so. Well, that explains it then. <laughs> okay. I I have never seen this movie, but I listen to the theme to this movie often. It has one of the best piano themes to a movie. Yeah, I guess you ever heard it? It's really yeah. good. It, it it does make me want to see it. That it's, it's like, Ryuichi gonna... Sakamoto from Yellow Magic Orchestra. Yeah, I like it's this. Right, it sounds like something that'd be in like a Ghibli movie. There's, I don't know, there's something uh, about Japanese like piano music. It's just really good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try to watch this in, like, on Christmas time one year, though. I just I don't know how much Christmas is in it. It looks like a hot weather movie, but <laughs> I just it's yeah. got Christmas in the title. Yeah, reading the description on uh, Criterion's website, it does sound a lot like that uh, movie that Angelina Jolie directed that like the Coen brothers wrote the script for. You remember that? About like the Yeah. The I British remember the name Spritzer of who becomes a POW. They the Coen brothers wrote that? Yeah. It was it was like a movie where everything about it was really interesting, but then nobody cared. Well it was like a critically acclaimed book. Like people are like this is such a this is a cl- like an instant classic book. And they got turned into like a shitty movie, I guess. If we're thinking of the same thing, um, Unbroken. Unbroken. That's it. Yeah. 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 Another yeah. movie with like prisoner of war section, uh, I think, or something. Yeah. yeah, and I'm looking at it now. Yeah, it's based on a book written by the Coen Brothers. <laughs> Directed by Angelina Jolie, came out at Christmas time, and yet the three of us couldn't even remember the name of it. Nonetheless, we'll actually go see it. Oh, this has uh, Takeshi Kitano, beat Takeshi. You know that mm-hmm. guy? Oh. I don't think so. Uh, 
let's see, what's he's in? Um, what's the movie where everybody kills each other? Uh, the Battle Royale. Battle Royale. Yeah, he's in that. Okay. I haven't seen that. <laughs> he's a director too, but he's like, I think he was actually he was in the American Ghost in the Shell hmm. as like the chief. It's like, so he's like, see, we got one, we got one Japanese person in the movie. He's great. He's always a super intimidating presence. I assume he will not be a good guy in this movie. He's an intense guy. Cool. I like how on the poster there's like a person like looking at film. Is this yeah, like director? Like, that's what I assume. He's like a behind the scenes. Yeah, it looks like him. Yeah, this behind the scenes image of the director. That's great. <laughs> Can you imagine if there's just like a Spielberg poster where he's like loading like a film reel or something? It's great. Yeah. Good pick. All right. What's Sean's next pick? I'm taking it to Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I looked at the list on Letterboxd of movies that are available on the Criterion channel that are popular that I have not seen. <laughs> Uh, one of the top, if not the top result for me was 1994's Wong Kar Wai film Chunking Express which I don't think anyone's reviewed on the blog yet right? I don't believe so no, no, you're good yeah, I've I've seen it twice, I think yeah, so I I was just nervous because In the the Mood for Love has been reviewed. I know that. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's okay, good. So I'm getting away with it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is another movie with uh, Tony uh, Tony Lung. Remember him? He was in Shang-Chi. Uh, and also had a, like a huge successful career before that. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to see a little bit, a little bit more of that. Uh, um... I, I mean, I loved Hard Boiled back in the day. Um, I saw this really weird Jackie Chan movie he made a few months ago called Gorgeous. Um, and now I get to see this. Uh, a movie about, I think, a cop. Yeah. It's kind of just about people hanging out. Just a hangout movie. Classic the, hangout movie. Their lives kind of just like intersecting. Yeah, you know, just vibe and listen to music and stuff. Do you know the uh, story between how this was made? No, or I behind don't. how this was made. So I guess Wong Kar Wai was making uh, a, a Wuxia film, like an like a big epic. Wuxia. Wuxia. God, I'm just terrible at these pronunciations today. Uh. But he was like, he was having trouble with it. Like, yeah, he was really exhausted, and he was just like, "I'm gonna just take a break and make a movie for me on a low budget. I'm just gonna have some fun." Uh, and so he made this movie, and it like it has a very like it feels like it was just kind of made on the fly. Like it's almost like he's Ooh. improvising the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like jazz, and it's it it is it is kind of like jazz. Uh, and somehow it, it like works it doesn't feel like random and chaotic it's just like yeah it's it's a really unique little film that is not like many others that I can think of 
uh, all the pictures on Wikipedia are like liminal spaces, so I'm guessing there's some serious vibes that Gen Z could get into in this movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I could imagine that. But can um, you imagine John's next pick? Uh, my probably. can't can you? <laughs> Just think about it. <laughs> can I feel Just imagine what it could be. Uh, my next pick didn't take long to make this decision. I wasn't thinking about it for months, weeks, days, hours, minutes. No. I made this pick in seconds. It's seconds. Mm. 1966? I, I scrolled away from the, uh, the Wikipedia You're right. page. It is 1966. Right. Yeah, uh, this is what I've thought about picking. I. Uh, that's why I picking it close to the top because i remember you saying that you've considered yeah. it for in the past uh, sci-fi black and white john frankenheimer directing this is a movie about a guy who has his identity changed his uh face altered some other shit happens i assume <laughs> scott rock hudson this will be the second movie i've done that is a 60s movie in black and white about someone changing their face <laughs> Because I also did Face of Another uh, a year or two ago. And I loved... That was my favorite movie that year. So maybe I just really like that genre of people changing their face. Yeah. Do you like Face Off? Uh, I haven't seen it in a while. But I'm going to say yeah. <laughs> All right. Did you ever see Eyes Without a Face? You know, I didn't because it was picked for, uh, I think, a, a Halloween criterion. I want to say yeah, by, maybe I, by I, you, Sean. I definitely took it from you. And so I still haven't seen it. It's like among one of the few like prominent horror movies that I haven't seen. Yeah, uh, it's got a pop song named after it. That's true. Was that Billy Idol? <laughs> yeah, Billy Idol. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, man. I'm looking at the cinematography for seconds. It is some cool looking shit. There's some real like fisheye lens like going on hardcore in this movie. Hey, I got a question that I would love. I guess you probably can't answer it now, but you will be able to maybe answer it when you do your review. Mm-hmm. Why does this movie have a movie released in 1966? I remind you, have listed as in its special features. New interview with Alec Baldwin. Wow. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's just like a fan, right? I don't know. Maybe he has some connection to the movie. I'm well, just thinking like, about um, yeah. Go ahead. when I was watching the Dorothy Arzner movie, Dance Girl Dance. There was an interview with Francis Ford Coppola, and I was like... What's he doing on here? Is he just a fan <laughs> of this movie? But then I watched the interview and he was like, uh, Dorothy Arzner was actually my teacher at UCLA. <laughs> so I know Whoa. from that. <laughs> yeah. So maybe Alec Baldwin <laughs> knows Rock Hudson somehow. I don't know. Or maybe he's just a fan, right? How many Peter Bogdanovich special features are on Criterion? This. Oh. So he he was old, so he probably had a lot of connections. Yeah, I feel like that was kind of his thing. It's like he got to know all of the 
classic Hollywood directors like Orson Welles and John Ford and stuff. Ooh. Yeah, dude. Uh, okay. Maybe more yeah. on those guys later. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Well, maybe now. Let's hear it. Uh, no. <laughs> we are, we're not we're not going back that far on my next film because this is my 2010s pick uh movie oh i saw lots of uh lots of trailers for in the the winter of 2018 early 2019 ah, i'm guessing a movie called cold war uh oh, yeah. polish movie uh, takes place in World War II Poland. It's in my backups. Some, some sort of romance at the center of it. It's in black and white. I saw white the style, directors. They had to. Yeah, <laughs> I saw this director Pavel Pavlikowski. Probably saying that wrong too. Uh, I saw his earlier movie Ida. Is that him? Yeah. Yeah. He likes yeah. black and white. I thought that was pretty good. I mean, kind of like a, a subtle, quiet little movie, but really, uh, so quiet. Really nice and pretty. Uh, so, figured I should catch up with this one since there's only so many recent movies in the collection that we didn't see in theaters or after they were released. Envious of that runtime. Uh, yeah, eighty-eight minutes. I did pick a lot of short movies. It wasn't really on purpose because I usually like to pick a few long ones. I don't think I actually did this year. Oh well. You guys remember the movie Eighty-Eight Minutes? Yeah, uh, yeah. You want to know I some bullshit? It. It's a hundred and ten minutes. <laughs> Well, that's because it's got. There's like a setup, and then a, a little bit after. Right? If they were like, really smart, they'd have the setup within the 88 minutes. God, nobody's yeah. that good, John. <laughs> <laughs> they'd be like in the middle of it, be like, "I only have 88 minutes to finish doing this. I started earlier." Yeah, <laughs> you could condense like a little bit of time. I think that movie is set in Seattle. Oh yeah, it's about going after the Seattle Slayer. <laughs> but it's definitely it's like Vancouver or some bullshit. Now Pacino sure, doesn't sure, seem sure. to care or know what's going on. It sucks. Piece of shit. <laughs> but Sean is your next movie Sean. a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, my movie is the definition of a piece of shit. It's wow. a little known <laughs> film called Citizen Kane. <laughs> Citizen Kane. Is it actually? I, it's Citizen for real. You're I have, doing Citizen I have a, Kane. I have a confession to make. I've only seen this movie once. I was sitting on John's bunk bed watching it on his tiny TV oh, in yeah. high school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I need to see it a second time, and I've never gotten around to doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year they re-released it in 4K on Blu-ray. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm going back. <laughs> I'm so back glad. To the bed. I'm, so, I'm so glad I asked. Is this one a piece of shit for literally the, <laughs> the greatest film of all time? It was quite quite the serendipity. 
Yeah, it's 1941. Orson Welles is like 25 years old somehow, making this movie that I guess, you know, set the tone for how dramatic films will be made going forward. Uh, And it's about, you know, a rich guy who sucks. And there's a lot of that going around now, so uh, it's good to go back to the source. Will this make you want to watch Mank, finally? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe in the end, in the dog days of, of, of June, I'll watch that. Because I'm guessing this will be one of the first reviews to go up. Uh, since there's not usually a lot of action in the 30s. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm doing it. One of uh, cool. Donald Trump's favorite films. <laughs> I bet. Because he can relate. He can relate. <laughs> Lived a great life. Everything was great. That's, that's, the, that's the lesson. That's the <laughs> lesson. <laughs> Is it me again? I, yeah, I don't know why this order is throwing, throwing me off so much. I guess this is a good place to make my... So I'm sub- summing out what my original number four was okay. for something else. Yeah, that was fun. You guys reminded me of. I should have done a little more work this year. I like. I made my list as usual, like 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 in January, and then yeah. didn't look at it again until yesterday, <laughs> which is a mistake. And I did make some alterations, so I could have been altering it all the whole time. Yeah, because okay. obviously I found out you know certain things were coming out and whatnot. I think this is a more recent edition, if it's even in the Criterion Collection yet. Um, you know, and I'm not dedicating this pick to the tunes. It's uh, Mona Lisa, 1986, Bob Hoskins. Wait, nice. Didn't Sean do this movie? Oh last shit! Year? Or am I thinking no, of I something did the, else? I did. The Long Good Friday. Okay. Because isn't this one... I thought this was fairly new. Like, last year, maybe? Mm. Like, like fall of last year? I don't know. Um, so this gotcha. is spine number 107, so I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, think it, I think it got reissued, though. Oh, mm. maybe that's it. Are you sure, Sh- Sh- Sean, you're sure you haven't seen this movie? <laughs> yeah, I saw The Long Good Friday. Okay. It's the one that has Pierce Brosnan at the very end. Okay. Okay. Neil, well, Neil Jordan. Always good. Uh, directs. Also did Crying Game and Interview the Vampire. Equally good films. Uh, I don't know anything about this, really. I seem crime, right? I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. It's probably some crime. I just remember hearing a while back, like, that's a great Bob Hoskins movie. I'm like, I like Bob Hoskins. I should see some of his non-Roger Rabbit-related films. <laughs> a man recently released from prison manages to get a job driving a call girl from customer to customer. That definitely seems like a job Bob Hoskins would have in a movie and maybe in real life before he became <laughs> famous. Uh, so that's fun. Robbie Coltrane, Michael Caine. It's fun, like, discovering these things for the first time, reading about it, because I'm very excited. Just like every actor that has a Cockney accent. 
who's also somehow a successful British it, it's, actor. It's weird to think of Robbie Coltrane and Bob Hoskins being in the same movie. It seems like you would cancel it they each other out. <laughs> yeah. I guess this is like the, the younger more dashing Robbie Coltrane if that was ever a thing. I don't think it was. I don't know. Uh, Bob Hoskins Oscar nominated for this? Really? Wow. Won a Golden Globe? I wonder who beat him. I wonder if it's one of those things where he should have won and got screwed over. Got Scrooge over. I like uh, the implication that that happened to Kathy Tyson in the... um, uh, the Criterion Collection's uh, synopsis of this because it says uh, Simone and then parentheses Kathy Tyson comma in a celebrated performance <laughs> which is like you know they want to put some sort of award nomination but there just wasn't any it's too bad uh, neo-noir the fun genre I feel like that's a very 80s genre Cool. Yeah, it's the cover of the the Blu-rays, the the new one. It's really nice. It looks so, great. <laughs> so this was something that had an earlier Criterion as well, maybe. But yeah, I see it, it now. Was. The old one sucks. <laughs> wow, the new one's like a beautiful, like kind of like watercolor painting of Bob Hoskins and the call girl character, like in the car, and they're like, oh. Bob Hoskins, like, oh. <laughs> Her hair is huge. Good news. It might be on uh, Bill Hader's top ten. Nope, it's not. It's just linked to it for some reason. Oh, no. <laughs> Darn. Oh, wait. There it is. There it is. Okay. It's oh. tied for number th- It's th- it's tied for number three on Bill Hader's top oh, ten. Oh, boy. On the Criterion Collection website. That tied a- with a movie that I considered, but am not planning on picking up this one. That was a close one. Oh, I've considered that movie as well. That would have been a good pick. Uh, yeah, dude. Oh, nice. It's also in Colin Quinn's closet picks. <laughs> Colin Quinn? Yeah, that Colin Quinn. <laughs> New York comedian Colin Quinn. Another SNL cast member. Maybe on SNL they're like watching Mona Lisa all the time. <laughs> They're like we gotta, ugh, we gotta make this garbage every week, but we just want to make art house films. <laughs> uh, all right, that's all I got. All right, that's enough. That is enough. Um, okay, my number five is one. I feel like I gotta watch because I bought it on Blu-ray. Um. It is Polyester, a John Waters movie from 1981. Uh, I feel like it's kind of his movie, sort of like in between him doing the low-budget stuff of the 70s and then kind of moving into slightly more mainstream stuff, like Hairspray. Uh, It's his first studio picture. Yeah. Um... And the the big thing about this movie, it is it <laughs> it was presented in odorama in theaters, meaning that oh. when you watch the movie, you get a little scratch and sniff card. 
And what's great about the Blu-ray release is it comes with a scratch and sniff card, which I am excited. Okay. Excited that, to is use. It, is that single use? Uh, I would assume so. I actually haven't opened it yet. Um, I don't know if it comes with more than one card. I mean, I would assume it's it's single use, but uh, so I I really got to enjoy <laughs> this this one viewing of it. Uh, but I'm looking forward to writing about uh, the those smelly sensations. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. Do you think they're going to be good smells or bad smells? Oh, I'm sure there's going to be some bad smells. It's it's John Waters. He's a, he's a little stinker. <laughs> Like stinky cheese? Yeah, probably like stinky cheese. Oh no! I mean, it says that foot fetishism is a part of the movie. I'm sure there's going to be a stinky foot part. Uh oh. Scott Devine. It's got Tab Hunter, who I guess was like a teen heartthrob in like the 50s and 60s. <laughs> but John Waters just put him in a movie when he's like older. Tab Hunter. I'm trying to think if I've seen him in something. Be His name is surprised. Very... Oh, I've seen some weird stuff. That oh, is true. You have seen some, some really weird, weird stuff. stuff. Yeah. Johnny Carson wouldn't know what to do with you. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going through his entire filmography mm. right now. He's in Greece too. I haven't seen Grease 2. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. They did make a documentary about him, it looks like. Called Tab Hunter Confidential. I've probably just browsed this Wikipedia page. Yeah. <laughs> Better than watching the movie. Better than <laughs> watching the movie. We'll see. But is is browsing the Wikipedia page better than watching your next movie? No, I'm sure it would make it more confusing. Uh oh. Because they really? say things like this movie's country is the USA slash France slash Iran slash West Germany. Um, this is a movie that has been on uh, my various queues on various streaming services basically since streaming began like i'm talking like since 2008 i've been like i'm gonna get around to this and i've <laughs> never done it um but because i'm watching citizen kane i feel like i also need to watch this it's orson wells f for fake is a pseudo documentary about a uh art forger slash artist maybe question mark uh, that, that delves into uh, Wells' own background as a magician, as well as just the idea of authenticity and the value of art. Um, it's going to be interesting to try to review a like more documentary documentary as opposed to a, a narrative film, uh, but I'll figure something out. And uh, if I don't, forgive me. <laughs> but like I said, this has been on my... Uh, <laughs> This has been on my list for such a long time. I just need to finally watch it. It's just that simple. I just need to finally watch it. I mean, it seems cool. It sounds fun. Having a movie where uh, Orson Welles is just like talking to the camera. 
being all like devilish, being like, "Look at this! Look at this trick I played on you!" Like that sounds great. <laughs> Did you guys see that um, that thread that was going around of uh, various interviews with Orson Welles where he's just dunking on every contemporary filmmaker? <laughs> wow! <laughs> I don't think so. No. Okay, I'll have to dig it up for you because it's great. He has a sick burn for literally every single person who was making movies during his lifetime. <laughs> that guy gives the best interviews, I swear. Yeah. There's one I constantly watch where someone's asking him, like, do you ever cast, just go ahead and cast your friends in movies as opposed to, like, the best people for the roles? And he goes, frequently. And it's like, do you ever regret those decisions? And he goes, frequently. But then he says, like, it's more important for him to, like, have, like, good relationships with, like, his friends and, and, real, and just people in his life than making, like, good art. Like, it's more important, the the people, than the, the movies. And I thought that was very uh, profound and, and touching. Because you just assume that he's very, like, stuffy about his art. But not really. He's not super precious about it. Uh one I watch a lot is the one where he talks about um, getting to meet Winston Churchill while he's actually there meeting with a financier uh, on the Dick Cavett show, which if you haven't seen that, just look up Orson Welles, Winston Churchill, and it's great. It's a hilarious story. Wow. He's got some stories. He's got stories. And that documentary is the perfect runtime. <laughs> 88 minutes. Oh my god, 88 minutes. He did it. <laughs> I've, I've kept my tabs on like all the short Criterion movies, so I, I knew immediately when Sean F's fake, I was like, oh yeah, that's a short one. Good pick. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta keep tabs on everything under 90 minutes. <laughs> get in and get out. I will occasionally like eat my vegetables and do a, a Tarkovsky... I still gotta do um, fucking. Uh, he's got another one in the Criterion Collection that I gotta do, but uh, it sounds miserable. <laughs> What's it called? I've done three. Is it the uh, Ivan's Childhood? I did Ivan's Childhood. No, he's got another I did one. That one. Oh, Is God. it the Mirror? Um. Well, that is in the Criterion Collection, but I think it's Andre Rublev. Andre Rublev. 183 minutes. That's the fun. And there's also a 205 minute cut. Fuck that. It sucks because yeah. there's only one other um, Tarkovsky movie that I want to see, and it's not even in the collection yet. I'm sure it will be. Nostalgia. Um, yeah, fucking long movies. I'm pretty sure my next movie is a short movie. Uh, it's Let's gotta be. Out. I didn't Let's I, find out together. We'll right find now. out. It's. I'm sure it will be. So Colin's last pick uh, was something in the stink, but I've got one in the pink, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna go with the. What pink. a disgusting reference <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, John Waters would approve. It's Pink Flamingos. It's coming oh, to yeah. uh, Criterion uh, <laughs> June 28th. Yeah. I've never seen it. I haven't seen many John Waters movies. I've seen Hairspray. I've seen Pecker. So all the classics. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know you're, what else. Not you're, much. You're in for something. <laughs> yeah. 
Despite the fact I have a very distinct memory of being like 14 or something, and Sean's mm-hmm. mom assuming I was a big John Waters fan. <laughs> <laughs> And I remember even back then, I was like, I barely know who that is. I'm surprised. Like, that's cool that your mom thought that I was like that, you know. When you're 14. I, I guess cultured. I don't know if that's cultured or depraved. I no, don't know. That, that's her being like, you're a sick fuck, John. You probably <laughs> like John Waters. You're a real sicko. Yeah. But I really am not well versed in John Waters. Despite being a big fan of the guy, I find him very charming, very funny. I've always wanted to read some of his books. Like, mm-hmm. is that book that he wrote about just hitchhiking across the United States? Mm-hmm. And uh, and he's a great he's a great actor too. I've always found his performances funny. Um, but yeah, I'm not that super well versed with him as a director. So I I, I mean, Pink Flamingos that's the big one. So yeah. it feels like a good place to start. Uh, Sean, do you got the runtime on that? Sure do. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. 93 minutes. Oh, an epic. Five minutes too long. Five minutes too long. I'm surprised. I figured this was like a 79 or an 80. But I'll make the time. I'm sick fuck. Yeah. I got time for that. I don't know what it's about, really. I assume it's just about people being gross and poop and stuff. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's pretty much the video. I've seen enough what? like scenes from John Waters movies to know what happens in them. Yeah, sickos content. The real sickos content. Absolutely. It says uh, divine resolves to show the world the true meaning of the word filth. So sounds sounds great. <laughs> Colin, does your next pick also do that? Oh, I'd be very surprised. Um, so I th- John would be pretty excited about my next pick because it is super short and also the best length. Uh, it is 69 minutes long. Oh, wow. Uh, well, okay. It said 69 on the Criterion channel, but on Wikipedia it says 67. Either way, short-ass movie. Uh, it is The Cameraman. It is ah, yes, it is. a Buster Keaton movie. I believe his only one in the Criterion Collection. I'm not really sure why that is. I'm guessing, really? it's, I'm guessing it's like a rights issue. Since I, I guess this is his first movie he did for MGM. Uh, well, the good yeah. news is we got to be getting to uh, just about public domain time for those movies. Yeah, I mean, I haven't looked up where this one's available. I assume it might be on YouTube, because a lot of the early silent movies often are. And it's also the title of a Buster Keaton book that came out this year by Dana Stevens. So seemed like a good time to watch this Buster Keaton movie, since I'm a fan, but I have not watched one of his movies in a while. So, that'd be, I'm sure that'll be fun to, to catch up with. Is this like the, is this like the third one you gotta see? Sorry, go ahead. You, you, what do, what do you, you, say what you mean first. the third one you gotta see? Because <laughs> you gotta see the general. Yeah. And then Sherlock Jr., maybe? Or is there another one that uh, I'm missing that's one probably, of the bigger ones? Yeah, that's probably 
it. Damn. I know I've seen some other ones. There's the one where a house falls on him. <laughs> I can't remember which movie that is. Yeah, I feel like all the other I'll, ones I'll blend together that I've seen. But uh, I believe the house falls around him. Right? Well, I, I, I mean, well, it falls down on him, but he, there's he's where the window is, yeah. so he doesn't get hit. Yeah. If if the house fell on him, that'd be the end of that movie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, probably. House fall. Oh, Steamboat Bill Jr. That sounds right. I think that's it. Um, that one's, yeah, that one's, I guess, pretty well known. Sorry, do you have an original thought before that uh, tangent? Mm, no, no, well, <laughs> I mean, I was going to add something very uh, insightful. I was going to say, looks like he's got a monkey in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Thank you for coming back for that. That's an important note. <laughs> so we'll see what that I'll put that in the to. spreadsheet. I need to know all the monkey movies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> gotta keep we gotta keep track of that data. I can't think of any other monkey movies. But... I'm sure there's plenty of movies where like there's just a monkey in a scene or something. Yeah, like in the background. I love how silent movies would always just be like Here's your job, and the movie's about your job and crazy <laughs> stuff that happens while you're at That's your all job. You, yeah. <laughs> you can make a movie called like The Custodian, and it'll just all be about the wacky stuff that happens while you're a custodian. Uh, yeah. I mean, I watched the movie Docs of New York last year. It's just about a it's just about a dock worker just hanging out at a saloon, <laughs> getting drunk. Yeah, it's Didn't great. Take much. We need to. We need. We need more of that in, in modern comedy. <laughs> keep it. Keep it simple. Keep it sixty between sixty-seven and sixty-nine minutes, please. Oh, yeah. the it's perfect runtime. Um, how's the runtime looking on your next pick, Sean? Is it the perfect length? Um, it's actually one of the longest, maybe the longest movie. I'll be reviewing oh. at 113 minutes. <laughs> so that's not bad. Oh God, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's um, a few years ago, I bought the Whit Stillman uh, trilogy box set and reviewed Metropolitan for one of these, and then I just never watched the other ones. Oh yes. So I'm like, I'm gonna watch one of the other ones, and uh, of the two that I had left, it sounds like The Last Days of Disco is the more popular one. So I'll watch that. At the very least, it has the yeah. most popular people in it because it has uh, Chloe Sevigny and uh, Kate Beckinsale as the two leads. So another movie with uh, two ladies in the lead, just like that um, Agnes Varda movie I'm watching, One Sings, The Other Doesn't. So mm-hmm. I'm sure uh, just as political from Whit Stillman, uh, a director who is known for being, quote, not a political person. End quote. <laughs> I don't, what is his deal? What like he just sits around like not making movies? What the fuck's this guy's like how does he do it? He just like sits around is, reading is books all day. Independently wealthy? <laughs> I think he might have come from money. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh you did make the a, a good choice though. I don't. I feel like I was kind of 
whatever on Barcelona, but I I like this movie quite a bit. It's got yeah a very fun ending. I'll just say oh. that. <laughs> Twist. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to get to that. Yeah. Very fun ending, you say. Uh, but right now it's looking like the 90s are going to be my decade this year. I'm really locking that in. I've got three movies. It's going to so, be uh, interesting because I have a lot more contemporary movies as well. It's going to get get real crowded around the, around them parts. <laughs> around them parts, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but my next pick is, yeah. uh, is a little later. It's 2000s. Okay. Um, you know, I always say the best time to have a cold drink is before sunset. Whoa! <laughs> the second, the second one in the before trilogy. I've actually only ever seen the first one. Oh damn! Whoa! So you know that this is the year, and they failed. Oh, that they failed to make another one. Yeah. Mm, that been this sucks. Year. I fucked up. Well, you know, Linklater, he has. Uh, cartoon space movie and he had that movie that's gonna take the rest of his life to make yeah yeah so he's a little busy yeah um but i've always liked him and i feel like this series is kind of my blind spot for him i mean i saw the first one can also guess why you picked this one very short (laughs) oh absolutely it's a solid 80 minutes the shortest Um, of the three but I've been thinking about Ethan Hawke a lot lately. You know, he's in Moon Knight, and he was in that Viking movie, and he's a child murderer in that Black Phone movie. Yeah. And soon we're gonna see him in that Glass Onion movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna be looking through a Glass Onion. The Knives Out sequel. That very funny title. <laughs> Like the Beatles. Did you guys know that's a Beatles song? That's what everybody on Twitter's like. It's a. Do you guys? Does everyone know it's a Beatles song? <laughs> this band. But it doesn't seem like anyone has like an addition to that joke. If that's a joke, or I don't even yeah. know. If that is. It's just an observation. No one knows what that song's about. Yeah, I mean, it's like is this a clue? It's like what? I mean, the Radiohead song wasn't a clue for the last one. Yeah, that song is just full of like references to stuff within the band. So the walrus is Paul. I'm sure you're going to see a lot of jokes about the walrus is Paul. The glass onion. I don't know. I feel like if you're trying to find clues in that song, you're getting into Charles Manson territory. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe you should back off on that. I gotta find the walrus. The walrus is Paul. <laughs> yeah, this is. Uh... Yeah, people need to just chill and just accept chill. that it, the movie's got a fucking stupid like, title. Just, just lay it's off the be white good. album. <laughs> yeah, just like, just give it a little break. You know, there's some fun stuff on Magical Mystery Tour. It's a little lighter. It's kind of... Mm-hmm. Let's have some fun. I think you are going to have some fun, John. Before Sunset was my favorite of the three. Ooh. I watched them all back to back to back. It's my favorite, Ooh. too. It's such a perfect little little conversation of a movie it's just it's wonderful i love it and it's like sort of technically a foreign film kind of uh, yeah. yeah 
Sure. Ugh. You know what part's going to be bittersweet? Is there's like... What? Ugh, there's a part where they're just... I think they're on the... Ugh, what's the big river that goes through Paris? I don't remember. Never been there. But they're looking out at Notre Dame and they're like, man, it's wild that this thing has lasted so long without being destroyed. Oh, yeah. And of course, that was before that big fire that happened a few years ago. Oh, I forgot about that fire. Yeah, yeah that was nuts. I, I di- so I didn't speak up because I never am confident on the pronunciation. I think it's just Sen. Sen, yeah. Is the name of that river? Sounds right. Maybe it's Sign. Mm-hmm. John, what do you think? You're good at French. No. Uh, we. Uh, uh, I, I always assumed sign, but I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine, Sean. I don't know. Uh, I'll look it up. Well, since we're going with guesses, I'm going to guess Colin's next pick is Masaki Kobayashi Samurai Rebellion from 1967. Nah. Am I right? No, no. you're incorrect. You're, well, I tried. You're a little, you're pretty far off, honestly. <laughs> That's okay. Well, what is it? Uh, mine is the movie Love and Basketball, which uh. is I don't know surprising movie that it's <laughs> in the Criterion Collection because I kind of just assume it's just like kind of a charming little romantic drama. But you know what? Who who doesn't want to watch that? Um, I also picked this because I I picked a movie by a, a man accused of uh, <laughs> misconduct, and I was like, Oof, I shouldn't do that. So I and I was all I also noticed I don't have any women in my picks, so picked this movie directed by Gina Prince Bythewood. Uh, yeah, director of the old guard. Uh huh. They did her on blank check last they, year. They did, which you know, oh. I think made me a little bit more intrigued to see what what's going on with this movie. Sounds cool. <laughs> it's 125 minutes. Oof. Yeah, I mean that's not a big deal, but it is kind of long compared to most of my picks this year. Uh, back to that river, Sean. I think your first pronunciation was correct. Yes. I'm in a forum on Quora, so not the most reliable <laughs> place, but, uh, you know, I'm going to take it. Love and Basketball, though, another one of my backups. It was mm-hmm. on my main list for a while until I went a different direction. Because mm-hmm. uh, I definitely like like seeing like a movie that seems like a more conventional <laughs> Less art. I know the whole point of this is to expand my horizons, but sometimes it's nice to do one that feels a little less art house and one that's mm-hmm. just more like a conventional like romance or comedy or drama or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll be fun. Sounds like a good pick. <laughs> my tongue's rolling around and snorting on the bed, so that's why I'm laughing. He's, he's having his own John Waters movie over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love and basketball. Um, Sean, what's your next pick? Yeah, I was kind of waiting on this one because I thought there was an off chance one of you two would pick it, and that would be cool because that would mean a thing I did earlier had a positive effect on your life, but I guess not. Um, 
I wish to return to the well of King Hu, the director oh. of A Touch of Zen. Yeah. Uh, if you remember on that podcast, uh, that episode of The Pick, which you can go find at MileyPlease.com or by searching for MileyPlease <laughs> on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. Yeah. Um, we'll be back next week. <laughs> Uh, I thought A Touch of Zen was his big hit, but it turned out that uh, Dragon Inn was actually the big uh, definitive hit of his career. So I was like, whoops. Uh, so I'd like to catch up with that movie uh, about uh, you know people kicking each other's asses. Uh, it's from 1967, which is why I brought up Samurai Rebellion, because I was looking at other movies from that year. Hmm. Uh, although this one is a Taiwanese film, obviously, because it's King Who. Uh, pretty long, 111 minutes, but not... I mean, pretty long by this Criterion Month standards, not by, like, <laughs> movie standards. Um, and uh, I think uh, still also a fairly recent addition to the collection. It's only spine number 937, and we're, I think, in the 1100s now, so... Uh, I guess not super recent, but like pretty recent. Like definitely added in the Blu-ray era. So I'm expecting it to look pretty good on that Criterion Channel service that I'll use to watch it. Cool, Dragon Inn. What a great title. Yeah, man. Sounds cool. Thank you. I did yeah. my best. Nice, nice, nice job. It's, so you said that was only 111 minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how come the one we watched was, was so fucking long? Was it? I feel like it was. Yeah, it was like Maybe a, it wasn't. It was like 170 minutes. Yeah. That's interesting. That is interesting. But that was like an epic. So all the more reason why I should have picked this one for us. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad we watched that movie. That was, that was a wild movie. Yeah, well, and I think I'm happy because that one had the guy from Temple Doom in it. But I don't think he's in this Oh, movie. yeah. Uh, no, that was a good. That was a good pick. Um, back to me. <laughs> yeah, and I'm gonna go with. I, I don't have a fun intro for this one. I'm gonna go with uh, shoot the piano player. Shoot the piano! Shoot, shoot, piano! You guys ever shoot the wow. rubber? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Kasabian? Lead singer of that band is cancelled. Uh oh. Yeah. They have the other guy, though. He just does everything now. Is that the name of a uh, Elton John album? Or maybe that's called "Don't Shoot Me on the Piano Player." Oh, yeah, I think I think it's "Don't Don't Shoot the Piano Player," right? Yeah. Getting mixed messed. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> uh, but this is a Truffaut movie, and I feel bad that I I've seen 400 Blows a couple times. One of my favorite foreign language movies of all time. Seen Jules and Jim, and then I don't know that I've seen anything else. Despite those are such classics. And so this is this is one of those ones that's been on my like short list for like so long, but I can never fit it in because the '60s. I find the '60s and '50s to be uh, like the most crammed kind of area of the Criterion Collection. So when I, whenever I was doing like decades lists, it was so hard to make like this my '60s pick. 
Um, I see. But now I'm not really right paying attention to that. So, I mean, I already picked second, so I got a couple in the 60s now with this. Um, and this is about a pianist helps his brother escape from two gangsters who retaliate by abducting their kid brother. Um, wow, there's like a there's like a trailer that plays on the IMDb as I'm scrolling through it, and it's like really tripping me out, dude. It's cool. But he's such a stylish guy. And I need to see more of his movies. I guess I should watch more in the uh, the 400 Blows series. Yes. Because, like, they can, they've continues to follow that kid. But it's, like, complicated, right? Because, like, some of them are, like, 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 there's, like, a short film in there. So it's, like, I don't, I don't know. I'll probably get into those at some point as well. But I figured I'd do this one before I get into those. Yeah. Why not? Have you seen this movie, Colin? It seems like one you might have. I have. Long time ago. Maybe high school. Or mm. Early college. So, yeah, I mean, this may have been the one I saw after Foreign to Bloods. So I guess it is his follow-up, so maybe that's what I was going for. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's a fun... Very, well, okay. I was going to say, uh, very playful film, but that's also what the Criterion description says, so <laughs> not an original thought. <laughs> uh, it's definitely, in my mind, one of the more memorable, I mean, there's tons of memorable covers, but one of the memorable covers of the Criterion collection is the pianist with his back turned with a target on his back. Yeah. Uh, it's like a classic image to me when I think of the Criterion collection. Well, because I feel like a lot of the early box art isn't that good, but this is this is a keeper. They shouldn't change this one if they do a, a re-release. Yeah. Yeah. So, John, I just in case you were wondering, it is not in print anymore. It is not on oh print now, but it is on HBO Max right now. Oh, nice. Why would you have all that pre- negative preamble before saying it's on HBO? Well, because HBO Max, I feel like, has a new set of movies every month. So maybe watch this one before July 1st. You never know. Right. I'm going to change that naked lunch pick before we're done here. Because now I'm got me shaking in my boots. <laughs> so just <laughs> just, just the one I wanted. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it after we've all made our picks, though, to make it fair. I'm going cha- to sub something out. All right. I'm just going to wait for that reissue or something. I'm sure I'll get one. I'm not sure. Uh, you can still buy Naked Lunch. I didn't want to totally discourage I I've seen enough of it to know I didn't need to own it. <laughs> uh, Colin, right? Are you going to own your pick? Are you going to own up to your decisions? Yeah, Colin, you going to own it? You going to own up to it? Um, I mean, you're asking two very different things, but I, I will own up to it, but I don't think I'm going to buy this movie. I think you can only maybe get it in a box set. Um, it is Journey to the Beginning of Time. This, Whoa! They're going all the way back. Back to the beginning. <laughs> uh, so this is a Carol Zeman movie. I reviewed one of his movies i think 
maybe two criteria months ago. Um, right, because this came up, so that, I was so that confused when you said this. Movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was <laughs> a nuts movie. <laughs> Wikipedia photo yeah, is pretty yeah, bloody. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> it. Looks like crap. It says Family Good Times Theater on it. <laughs> the fucking yeah. Family Good Times Theater. You know what this is from? I'm assuming this is like a VHS box. Yeah, it looks like it. <laughs> Before it got a Criterion release. Um, anyways, in The Adventures of Baron von Munchausen. Uh, or maybe it's the yeah. fabulous Baron von Munchausen. It's confusing because it's weird that there's two... Von, von Munchausen films. Yeah, anyways. That movie looks insane. Uh, unlike anything I've ever seen. So I, I just figured, I gotta see more of this guy's movies. I kind of thought maybe I'd be compelled to after watching that movie, but I just I haven't gotten around to it. So I want to watch this movie with dinosaurs <laughs> brought to life by, I don't know, stop motion, animation, whatever whatever is used to make those dinosaurs appear on screen in this movie. A movie yeah. this old, I would imagine, a wizard. Uh, yes, they <laughs> they hired a wizard to be on set to make make the dinosaurs. I just mean in the movie, a wizard makes the dinosaurs. Oh, in the movie? I guess they're going in through time, though, so they don't need to. But are they going to, as a wizard, maybe he gets them to travel through time? I don't know how they travel through time. Um, they take a rowboat along a river of time. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's kind of those? like Land of the Lost, yeah, yeah. right? So that must be where they got it from. Yeah. I mean, it's Land of the Lost got it from this, not the other way around. Yeah, because this is 1955. Yeah, it's before. Yeah. Can't believe you have two Czech movies on your list this year. That's crazy. I had another one? Yeah, Fantastic Planet. I thought that was French. It says French, or France slash Czechoslovakia mm. on the site. Okay. So like one and a half for the Czechs. Okay. Sorry, I was giving you too much credit. <laughs> Fine. It's, it's two Czech movies. Gotta give them props. Gotta check that box. Yep. Uh, Sean, what is your uh, eighth pick? I'm glad you asked. Because back in the first Criterion Month, my favorite movie I reviewed um, was called Pass of Glory. It's a Stanley Kubrick movie. I don't know if you heard about him. He's a, <laughs> he's a famous director from the past. And... Um, I found another movie that sounds like the same thing, but they made it in 1980 and in Australia. It's called Breaker Morant. You ever, you ever hear about this one? Uh, I've heard Breaker the title. Morant. I've heard of it, yes. Look at it's it up. directed by Bruce Beresford, uh, the uh, driving Mrs. Daisy guy. Oh, interesting. Uh, it's about uh, some, I think, Boer War uh, soldiers who are being court-martialed for war crimes, and uh, the uh, uh, 
attorney that is put in charge of their defense and the uh, the struggle he deals with uh, fighting against you know the uh, military bureaucracy. Uh, so I guess it's also not that far from like a few good men. Um, but you know me, I gotta get a, a courtroom drama in there. Uh, gotta harken back to my past by uh, with that past the glory connection. Uh, it's an Australian movie, so like it's another country on the board for me. Um, and at 107 minutes, it's not too long. <laughs> I know we're a big fan of saying the name of the lead actor in this film. He came up, I don't know if it was on podcast, but he's come up in conversation before. We're talking about Edward Woodward? <laughs> yeah. Uh, also star of the, uh, the Wicker Man and the original The Equalizer, which is why I think we were talking uh, about him. Hmm. Yeah. Now John Waters is in it, too. <laughs> I know that dude, some guy named John Waters. <laughs> Must be the same one. Yeah. I mean, sure. Early 80s, he's, he's making stuff. He <laughs> popped over to us. To, Hitchhiked to Australia, <laughs> or wherever this was filmed, yeah. and uh, yeah, just popped popped in. So you're drawn to it because it's a, a war movie, eh? Like Pass the Glory, eh? Yeah, a war slash courtroom drama. War slash courtroom drama. Okay. Yeah, you like those things. Cool. I like the title. Don't know what it means. I like it though. Yeah. Can't wait to find out what that title means. <laughs> it's funny when you pick something and you're not even sure what you're saying, but it's like, it sounds cool. Breaker Morant. Yeah, sounds great. Um, back to me. Okay. Well, going. Uh, I can't remember when I picked the other. Never mind. Scratch all I was just gonna say. See, I don't even say it. I say All scratch right. that. <laughs> scratch those thoughts that I had. Scratch them. Scratch them. Scratch 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 Get them out of there. Uh, I'll go with before midnight. Oh. Before midnight. We gonna let it all hang out. You know, like that song after midnight. Yeah. Eric Clapton. Great song. That, pe- that piece of shit. Great song by one of our great yeah, songwriters. By one of our great lyricists. Pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah. That joke worked a lot better when I had this movie written down as After Midnight. And then only to find out when we were starting this that it was called Before Midnight, which makes a yeah. lot of sense considering what the other movies are called. Yeah, it's the Before Trilogy, not the... <laughs> before and After Trilogy. <laughs> Well, it's confusing because there's a couple of movies called After Midnight as well. So, yeah. Well, um, I'm, I was... I'm actually realizing. I think I reviewed this movie on the blog when it came out. <laughs> so now we're at that point. Wow. <laughs> I mean, we've we've definitely redone a couple Shocktober's. Yeah, for sure. And there's definitely been cases where you put movies on your top ten that then I reviewed for. Criterion month. Yeah. Or at but, least one case of that with um Oh god, what was it called? The mm-hmm. the very recent movie about the uh the Korean family who start a farm. Parent oh no. Um shit, what was it called? What's it called? <laughs> Wait, let's not look it up. We gotta be able to figure this out with Steven. We Yun. can do this. Oh Minari? 
Minari. Minari. Thanks, Colin. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, that was for uh, Oscar Fortnite, I think. Oscar Fortnite. So, Plus, yeah. odds are pretty good that I'm going to watch this at the last minute and not really write anything meaningful and then just write all the lyrics to After Midnight and then change them to Before Midnight and then uh, consider the song parody as my review. Wow. I've done similar things in the past. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you got a pretty good chance of writing a better review than 2013 Colin did, but it sounds like you're squandering it on purpose maybe. i'm just saying don't get your hopes up is all i'm saying okay especially now that i see this movie is a staggering 109 minutes oh, what the fuck happened oh my god <laughs> this is an epic they're just talking wow. right why is it so long god john if we told you it would be a spoiler for the other movie you're watching so we can't tell you yeah don't tell me anything no I'll tell. No, I was gonna say no more secrets, but I would keep them secrets. <laughs> keep them secrets. <laughs> the opposite. Keep What's them secrets? secrets. I guess I'll end up probably watching a lot of Linklater movies this year because I feel I already watched. I watched the Space Cartoon as I've been calling it. Yeah. I feel that's like I what watched. You wanted it to be called <laughs> the Space Cartoon. The Space Cartoon. I was thinking about watching Everybody Wants Some again because that's a good summer movie. He has a lot of good summer movies. Mm-hmm. Baseball. Plus, that guy from it is in the top of the gun. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's cool. Um, I don't need to say anything because it'll be in my review. <laughs> Unless it's a song parody of After Midnight. <laughs> we'll see. Glenn Powell is the name of the actor I was trying to think of. Glenn Powell from Everybody Wants Some and also Top Gun Maverick. Gotcha. Yeah, I knew his name. I thought you were just trying to be cute. <laughs> Act like you didn't no. know the name. I think Sean Why do you know was Glenn Powell's cute. name? He Is did he it. From more than those two movies? I've just been thinking about him a lot since I saw that movie. <laughs> Looking up Glenn Powell but he's, for some reason. He's also he in Hidden Figures. He's also in the, the Space Cartoon movie. Oh, that's right. Was he the guy? Was was it him and Zachary Levi? Were they the agents? Yeah, they were the NASA dudes. Wow. <laughs> He's in Dark Knight Rises. Doesn't even have a name. It's traitor number one. <laughs> Expendable three. Oh, oh, that's right. Because there's a whole uh, they steal Wall Street. It <laughs> <laughs> does not make sense in that movie. Seems like he's yeah. More recently breaking out. Yeah. Ride Along 2. Remember how there's a Ride Along 2? Not really. Mm. What do you know about it? I just know it exists. That's what I know. And that's got Glenn Powell or whatever he says his name is. Yeah? Yeah. That's what I know. Alright. I don't know why I took you down this Alan. Let's uh, drive out of it. It's nightmare Alan. Colin's next pick. Uh, my next pick is a movie called The Young Girls of Rochefort. T's probably silent, oh. but you know. 
I'm mispronouncing things today. This is like one of the, if we were doing this in person, this is one of those pics where Sean and I would like look at each other and like shrug, I imagine. Okay. Not so, because sure. I watched the Umbrellas of Shovel. Yeah, I was going to. I know what's going on. I was going to break it down for Sean. <laughs> Get on his level. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it was last year Sean reviewed The Umbrellas of Cherbourg, a Jacques Demi film. Uh the once husband of Agnes Varda. Yeah. Um, and this is like his follow-up to The Umbrellas of Cherbourg. So, I, I'll, I want to say... I'll it. say, you, you made it sound like they got divorced. He, he just died. Yeah, I don't know what to, what to say. I guess you're right. There's, <laughs> That's a divorce. Nah. No, it's not. <laughs> it's involuntary. Yeah. Voluntary divorce. It's just like he was dead for so long. <laughs> yeah, she's she gap. lived like another thirty years. So <laughs> you know where I'm coming uh, from. I thought you were gonna say he was dead for so long, but then he came back in a big way. <laughs> we were wrong. We were so wrong. Uh, I mean, came back in kind of a big way. Damien Chazelle was like, he influenced La La Land. Shout out to that dead guy. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, like Wes Anderson too, you can see the influence there. There's a very, uh, I don't know, I've only seen the one movie. Maybe I'm talking with my ass here, but it's one of the prettiest movies I ever saw. Yeah, I'm looking to see some more colors in this movie. Because yeah. it looks pretty colorful. Oh, some more. Uh, also intrigued that it's got an appearance by Gene Kelly. Uh, so it's like, what? you know, like a newer musical guy putting someone who probably influenced uh, Jacques Demy's movies. Since, yeah. you know, Gene Kelly's MGM musicals are also very colorful and lavish and fun to look at. So... Very intrigued to see what that's like. This is, I think, the first time we have two movies in the same year on this whole podcast. Because uh-huh. uh, this movie and Dragon Inn both came out in 1967. Cool. Summer of Love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I um, would like to take us back to 1962 with my pick uh, because uh, a few years ago Colin got to Lady Snowblood first and I can't risk Colin getting to other legendary samurai movies before me Um, so I'm going after one of the most famous samurai series of them all, Lone Wolf and Cub. Mm. Like Mandalorian. Oh, sorry, 1972. I think I said 62. 72. Uh, yeah, it's like the Mandalorian. Because isn't this based off of like the same, like a comic by the same comic book writer who manga. did... Uh, yeah, manga. <laughs> Same guy who did the the Lady Snowblood mangas. That'd be cool. Is that true? Sure. I 
think it is, but maybe I'm wrong. I mean... See, you've already done research. Well, I mean, I, I, I watched Lady Snowblood a, a while ago, both of yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just know it's about a samurai. He's got to carry around a baby with him. You're right, Colin. Cool. Love it when I'm right. That's great. It's directed by Kenji Misumi. Uh, I like that it already has a subtitle, even though it's the first one in the series, Sword of Vengeance. Like, why not? Because <laughs> oh. no. wasn't Lady Snowblood's sequel called, like, Love Song of Vengeance or something? <laughs> oh, I mean, Vengeance is just the the best motivation for an action movie. We right? used it. Like, mm. Heavy Vengeance. Yeah, Check vengeance. it out on Vimeo today. <laughs> or maybe, you know, you don't have to. If you're easily offended, don't check it out. Don't and don't tell anybody you saw it. Keep it a secret. This is our, this is our secret. Oh man, I love how the the box art to the box set is just that samurai standing on just like a mountain of bodies, <laughs> looking at a flame and some waves. Isn't there like a lone wolf and cub like show as well? What's the deal here? I mean, there's so much. I feel like there's so like, much content. This is like the first movie, though. Out of this, like the first thing. It's the, yeah, it's the first. Okay. Well, it's the first movie. I don't. Know, I mean, if there's a manga or something, I don't know. But it's the first movie. Yeah. I think it's the first thing, just in general. Yeah, why not? I just I remember just like going to the library as a kid and seeing like the I think it was this TV series like all these tapes. Yeah, it's like shit. There's like a lot of this. Seeing this guy who looks like the biggest bass of all time, but then he's got like this weird bald baby in a stroller. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's a great you know to 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 have to saddle a guy with a baby. Uh, but this did it you know before so many other uh, movies and shows did it. You know, yeah. from this mega series. That's cool. Hopefully, uh, it kicks ass. I can't remember watching a samurai movie and being like, "Wow, what a letdown!" They did not kick <laughs> any ass in that movie. <laughs> Usually, the ones that we're aware of that have like stayed with you know pop culture have stayed with it for a reason because they're badass and they're cool, compelling. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you're safe. How, wait, what was the runtime on this? Oh shit! I closed the tab already. Here, I'll, uh, I'll, let me see how I can get to it. I'm on the Wikipedia for the the manga. Oh no! no I'm looking at. I got the, it. I got it. Okay, you got oh, it. nice! You guys are gonna love it. 83 minutes. Oh. Better. Five minutes better. Yeah, five minutes better. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna look up the runtime of my next movie, and I'm now terrified. <laughs> Right. It's an epic. Just gonna do a, a quick stall. I will say the so I was looking at the box set box art, um, but now that I look at the sort of vengeance individual box art, it's very strange because it looks like it's a picture of someone trying to palm a basketball. <laughs> I don't get it. I gotta see this. Wolf Cub Criterion. Lone Wolf and Basketball. <laughs> well, my phone ought to be to autocomplete Lone Wolf and Cup Motorcycle. <laughs> oh, this is great. 
I think I'm looking at the box set though. It's the is it the individual yeah. one? So the the box set I think was like Colin brought up or oh yeah, up. is this it's a like basketball? A guy holding a baby on like a million bodies what is this? with this uh, stroller. But yeah, on the individual out. Uh, DVD cover for <laughs> particularly sort of vengeance. It's just a guy palming a basketball with a huge blood splatter on the camera. Wow. And it looks like there's a sword like shimmering at him <laughs> for some reason. Man, I assume that's gonna end up being some like ancient weapon made of metal or something. Which is <laughs> like a metal ball. Yeah. It's going to be like the kid loses his ball, so he has to kill 4,000 people <laughs> to get the ball back. Uh, yeah. 4,000. 4,000. Wow. That's cool. I'm sorry to say, guys, no no hits for a lone wolf and cub motorcycle. <laughs> like, my phone tried to autocomplete. I guess I must have actually mistyped the next thing on my phone, and it was like, did you mean motorcycle? <laughs> No, no, no hits. <laughs> All right. Not sword, motorcycle. Back to me. Uh, yeah. This pick uh, goes out to everyone listening. I want you to get up right now, go to the window, uh-huh. open it, yeah. mm-hmm. stick your head out, and yell, Ikiru. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to live. A movie that I for so long would not pick because I'm like, oh, that was that was already picked. That was picked like the first time we did this. But then you guys kept telling me that no, nobody's nobody's picked it. You can pick it. I'm still not convinced. You, you tell me we've saw yeah. it before. Uh, so that's why months with month was yeah. a thing. So okay, so that's so why many years ago. Yeah. Otherwise. Because I've watched a lot of Kurosawa for Criterion Month. I feel like I do one almost every year. I'm not sure if I've done one every year, but I've definitely done at least... I feel like it's my maybe my fourth, and we've done it, what, six times? I don't know. I don't know if you have that data instantly available. But uh, um, I do. Are you ready? You do? Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. You've sure. two Akira Kurosawa movies, Throne of Blood and Stray Dog. Stray wow, Dog that's it, huh? Movie. Feels like more. Okay, well, here we go. Um, Ikiru, 143 minutes. That's what I was worried about. Uh, that's, I mean, that's really not that long compared <laughs> to some of the stuff that has been picked for Criterion Month. But I feel like it's definitely going against uh, the theme we got going this year. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but it it's uh, it sounds kind of sad. This movie. I don't know if you guys. Uh, that's true. Uh, maybe melancholy. A bureaucrat tries to find meaning in his life after he discovers he has terminal cancer. Takashi Shimura, who was in the, uh, I believe he was in the, yeah, Stray Dog, which I watched last year or the year before at some point. Uh, and he was pretty good in that. Uh, no, no Mafuni to be seen here, right? Yeah, so it's kind of kind of interesting. I don't know if I've seen any non-Mafune um, Kurosawa, so I don't imagine there's going to be any uh, sword or gun battles in this movie. So no. I don't know. I'm not going to count it out entirely. Um, I think you should. Okay. You say that, but I'm still gonna, in the back of my mind. <laughs> but he pulls out I, his sword. <laughs> I just 
don't want you to be uh, disappointed by a movie that I adore. Okay. Yeah, it's, I feel like everyone says this is like his his best, right? After Seven Samurai, or I mean, it's it's definitely up there with among his most acclaimed uh, it's, films. It's my favorite of all the ones I've yeah. seen. Yeah. Um, I don't know what my favorite Kurosawa is. I guess it's Seven Samurai just by default, even though it took me a whole day. <laughs> I have the criterion of that. Uh, and I, yeah, I just remember sitting down one day in college and just, I'm doing this. This today is going to happen. And it did. Um, and now Ikiru is going to happen. Hooray! Hooray! Mm. I'm glad you, I'm, wow, I'm glad you guys are so excited. You know it. It's good. It's like it's if really good. Akira Kurosawa did a Ozu movie. <laughs> he just did like a small yeah. character driven movie. I feel like that's another director that I want to do, but I feel like the ones that I would be interested in seeing have been picked. So it's just never it's just never gonna happen. Thanks a lot, Colin. It's gonna go my whole life, never see. Sorry, seen I watched three movies <laughs> by him. I'm a monster. Yeah. You watched them all? Yep. Uh what are you gonna watch next? Okay, so this is my last pick. Once again, no one tried to pick any of my movies. It's just the way it goes. Uh alright, so this movie is gonna blow all these short ass movies out of the water it, oh here we it go it is a whopping 202 minutes wow. uh, it is the new land it is the sequel to the immigrants which i watched last oh. year which is a swedish movie about peasants immigrating to the u.s uh particularly the minnesota area you know my people uh your story uh i guess this is kind of like after they've they've kind of uh settled immigrated yeah after they've immigrated because the (laughs) the immigrants is about them like deciding to leave sweden and then their journey on the boat and then kind of like finding some land and then the movie kind of just ends there once they've found a plot of land and this is Everything that happens afterwards. Don't think this movie was filmed in America at all, though. <laughs> like the first one, I think, was all filmed in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Is this in uh, like multiple languages, or is this just in Swedish? I'm sure. It, I mean, since it takes place in America, I'm sure there's some English in it. Actually, looking at the Wikipedia... Some of it was filmed in yeah. Sweden, but it was also filmed in Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Colorado. So, oh. the best of both worlds. There's a TV show based on, on this and Immigrants as well. Uh. Really? Starring uh, Bonnie Bedelia from, uh, from Die Hard, John McClane's wife. Yeah. <laughs> You gonna watch this show, Colin? There's only is that very many episodes. Mm-hmm. Only seven of the thirteen episodes aired. That's weird. Kurt Russell's uh, part of the cast as well. Huh. Bonnie Bedelia, Kurt Russell, and this guy that looks kind of like Eminem. <laughs> okay. 
He looks pissed. Is that, I'm looking at there's a Wikipedia. There's like a a promotional shot from the show, the mm-hmm. New Land, and they're they look concerned and pissed, which I assume is going to be the tone of the movie. Yeah, I mean, life's hard <laughs> on the frontier of America. That's got that's got to be the longest movie for this year. Then I don't I don't imagine. I mean, unless uh, it's like twice as long as any of the other picks. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, you're picking. That's like three picks in one. <laughs> yeah. uh, I guess it's good that you picked uh, cameraman. Yeah, I mean, I that's got, like sixty-seven, right? Yeah, so you got you can balance your time out, right? That's some shorter ones in here. Yeah, definitely. All right, Sean, your last pick. Yeah, I uh, I played it off like it, I made a mistake, but the real mistake I made was I um, I almost started reading my last pick during my second to last pick okay. because they have the same director. Oh, wow. ten years before Lone Wolf and Cub began. Another legendary samurai series was started by Kenji Misumi. And that franchise is Zatoichi, mm-hmm. the blind samurai. Oh, he yeah. started that one in 1962 with a movie called The Tale of Zatoichi. No, uh, no little uh, subtitle on that. They're just like, The Tale is enough. <laughs> Um, and that launched like a thousand Zatoichi movies and TV shows and manga and anime. Uh, I don't even know if they all come from this movie. It could be another case where there was like a manga first. Um, but uh, I, I want to see what's what's going on with this as well. It's another, uh, you know, uh, sort of ubiquitous action movie trope. This cool, blind tough guy i mean star wars also did it right in uh in rogue one they had the guy who was like i'm not a jedi but i am blind and i kick ass um so just just more of uh japanese cinema's influence on star wars and and action in general uh starts here with this uh this blind guy who's out there kicking the ass wow there's a lot of these movies (laughs) really have nothing to say except for it sounds cool <laughs> did you look at all the other like all the sequels sean i mean i saw that they exist i'm just amazed I... at like the speed at which these came out the second one came out also in 62 and there's three of them in 1963 wow i wonder if they're all made by like, different directors or damn the box set because it has 25 zatoichi movies <laughs> <laughs> holy Crap-a-roni. So, so he's like the their James Bond, except in like a way shorter span of time. <laughs> Over a period of like eleven years, they've made like nine. Like how, how many movies did you say? Or is that just how many? That twenty-five Satsuichi films between nineteen sixty-two and nineteen seventy-three. Eleven oh. years. Oh my god. Well. That'll, that'll keep you busy for Criterion yeah, keep you busy, months Sean. to come. For the next couple decades. It's, okay. every, every year, pick another one. <laughs> yeah, I could do two entire Criterion months after this one <laughs> and still have more Zatoichi movies to watch. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's a cool box set. Uh, do it. Complete the series. <laughs> 
Well, I'll see how this first one goes first, and then uh, um, okay, I'll tell you. Um. Okay. So for my ten pick. So guys, I was on strikeandcatch.com, which is a fishing website. And I learned you want to go out when the light intensity is low. This is when fish will be more focused yeah. on feeding, less on surviving, a uh, constant balancing act beneath the surface. Uh, which true. basically means the best time to go is before sunrise. What? <laughs> Gonna close out the, uh, the trilogy. I picked the bidet bizarre order for my own amusement. You know Do you think we were going to pick one of them and not the other? I don't know. Mm. I don't think so. I don't. I didn't think any, anyone was going to pick... Maybe I thought someone would pick one of them. I couldn't... I don't know. Maybe... I, I couldn't remember if, like... Maybe Sean hadn't seen the third one and wanted to see it or something. I don't know. But I didn't even pick that one first. No. I just thought it'd be funnier. May I throw you guys off of what I'm doing? Yeah, <laughs> I definitely assumed you had seen the first one based on the fact that you picked. I, mean, the I, ha one I have first. seen the first one. And that you I'm, just, I'm just watching it for a criterion, but Oh hell yeah, dude! Like me and Citizen Kane. Sometimes you got to go back. Ugh, maybe I well, I figure it'd be fun to watch them all. And why not do it for Criterion Month? Yeah. So then I have to pay attention. <laughs> Because I think that's the thing. Probably the first time I saw it, it was probably like 2007 when I figured out, wow, you can watch anything on your computer if you just find particular websites. <laughs> and I think that's how I watched Before Sunrise uh, initially. I think that's how I also watched part of Naked Lunch originally. Uh, but now I'm doing it for reals this time, legit. Watching all these movies, getting the full experience with this relationship, going full length later. Saying goodbye to cartoon space movies. Let's get into the real life. I keep saying it like it's a, a fantastical. It's a that's a very a grounded film that yeah, that I mean, Apollo that, yeah, tend to have. That it's mostly a, real life. It's almost like a documentary or something. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I liked it too. I'm not. I'm not selling it well. And it's got more Jack Black than I can handle, which I appreciate. <laughs> I like it when I can't handle how much there is. Um, but yeah, that'll be fun. Um, unless anybody has... I, I guess we could go through... I don't know if we want to do like our talk about our backups or if we want to save those for future years. Oh, yeah. Also, secret. also mm. I kind of want to make a substitution for Naked Lunch. Oh, here we go. Because okay. I'm worried... I'm worried it's going to come. It'll be another rat catcher situation and I just will not be able to figure out how to watch it. And yeah, I could probably go to Scarecrow, but maybe the timing won't work out. I can't plan that far ahead. So I think I want to go with Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. <laughs> wow. Uh, I've seen the first season and a chunk of the second season. And seeing as this movie is a, is a prequel, I think I'll be fine. I mean, I bet I could see all of Twin Peaks and then watch this movie and still be like, what the fuck is going on? Uh because as much as I like David Lynch, which isn't as much as some people, because I haven't seen The Return, or I don't even think... I guess I should probably Mulholland Falls someday, but I just... I don't want to... You ever not pick a movie because you just don't want to write about it? <laughs> yeah. That's why. I, like, I have no... I have zero interest in writing about... Mulholland Drive. Uh, that movie. Mulholland Drive, yeah. Mulholland Falls. Yeah. 
Well, that's that also the name of a movie. It is. What is that movie? It's a not notable movie at all. It's, um... Yeah. Lee Tamahori. Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte movie. <laughs> that's what I meant. It's like, how, yeah, do you even, falls. how do you even write about a thing like that? <laughs> how do you even write it? Yeah, this thing is so dense. <laughs> Nick Nolte, Sam so, Palmetary. Michael Badson. Are you going to try to finish the show? Case. Nah. Yeah, are you going to try to? I just, I respect Twin Peaks, but I just, it's a little, and it's funny because I'm picking this movie, and yet I'm not a huge fan. It's a little too soap opera for me and I know like that's part of the appeal is that it's intentionally this weird like like it's camp and it knows it's camp uh, but I don't know I, I'm not super interested in that um, but this movie I feel like I hear it come up a lot as like this is kind of like a horror movie it's so fucked up <laughs> and uh, you know it's 92 so I'm all about you know, now that's 2022, doing anniversaries and whatnot. Oh, uh, yeah. Also, another movie with David Bowie, right? David Bowie, that's right. I mean, he's Bowie. in this movie, he's not in the show, so. Yeah, I'm also kind of like lukewarm on Twin Peaks, even though I like David Lynch's movies for the most part. Like, I don't know. I think I've watched like most of the first season. I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's fine. <laughs> But I feel like it's not surreal enough for David Lynch. It, I feel like you have to have that mix of like, <laughs> kind of knowing camp and surreal stuff. But I, I mean, I think that's like what the return amps up. I'm, I'm sure is the surreal. <laughs> I haven't seen that. But almost like I think I will try to watch the return someday. Because mm -hmm. I'm not like super when it comes to Twin Peaks. I, I'm not like oh no, I won't know what's going on. Like. I never knew what was going on when I was watching anyways. <laughs> so I'm not too concerned about that. That's my substitution. With that done, we have completed the draft for 2022. I am happy to report that once again, Colin will be doing the review on the 4th yes. of July. <laughs> uh, an American tradition. And once, and once again, it is not an American movie he'll be reviewing. The journey uh, to the beginning of time mm -hmm. which you know sounds better than current day America okay no th oh shit Sean you got yourself a threefer on here yep shit happens you're gonna, you know? you're gonna get a weekend just straight up ruined because of this <laughs> well yeah hopefully I take advantage of the few weeks we have to prepare to actually watch some of these movies uh but uh historical precedent suggests that i will not oh i never watch them in advance fuck that gotta keep them fresh like cookies eat it fresh yes and if you like cookies um i think our blog does technically give you some <laughs> If you sign up to leave comments, um, I think you do get a browser cookie. No one likes those cookies. Uh, but nobody, leaves, nobody, nobody likes those cookies, and nobody actually does that. Um, but that is uh, mildlypleased.com. That is where you can go to find these 30 reviews um, in the month of July. One every single day, although sometimes it'll be like at 2 in the morning the next day. Mm -hmm. 
Um, or even just well into the afternoon of the next day. Well, you know, it's hard. We got to balance uh, a real life with the with this hobby. Um, but uh, definitely go to that website. I mean, because I'm on uh, East Coast time, I just got used to the fact that I wouldn't see your guys' reviews until the next day because they wouldn't go up till <laughs> like 11 p.m. Pacific yeah, time. Yeah. It is what it is, and our podcast feed is called Mildly Pleased, and um, I think this is also the beginning of our uh, podcasting hiatus for a little bit, Um, so we'll be back probably, well, who knows? I don't want to put a date on it, because I'm often wrong about when we come back, but we will be back, and, uh, and I hope... You'll miss us as much as we'll miss you. It's a girl, it's a rhyme, it's a cold, it's the mumps. The plan of the house, the body in bed, and the car that got stuck. It's the mud, it's the mud.